It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. On this episode of the Oklahoma Breakdown with Iker and Lehman, presented by Riverwind Casino, the Sooners add another offensive lineman out of the portal. Then in Football Guys Talking Basketball, we talk some Sooners and Thunder, and we finish up with our winners and losers of the week. Please download and subscribe to the podcast, rate it five stars, and write us a good review. Follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok. Just search Oklahoma Breakdown on any of those, and you'll find us. All right, our man Michael Hosty will kick this thing off. It's time for the Oklahoma Breakdown. It's a beautiful Thursday, February 1st, and you're listening to the Oklahoma Breakdown with Iker and Lehman, presented by Riverwind Casino. Riverwind is Oklahoma City's premier casino experience, and there are so many reasons why Riverwind is consistently voted OKC's number one casino, but it all starts with their amazing variety of gaming thrills and excitement. Riverwind's beautiful, award-winning environment plays host to more than 2,800 of the latest electronic games with a huge selection of table games, including Blackjack, Blackjack Match, Roulette, and Teddy's favorite, Craps. No matter what your game, Riverwind has it in spades and hearts. And to learn more about their gaming promotions and entertainment options in the month of February, all you got to do is visit Riverwind.com. Riverwind Casino, simply the best now, recording this late Wednesday night. This is old school, Ted. This is what we used to do back in the day. I know. Feels kind of good. Feels kind of good, like we're up uh, breaking the rules or something, right? Up past bedtime. Look at us staying up late, breaking the rules. Now, I got back from vacation feeling good, man. Excited to catch up on a lot of OU stuff and OU basketball. There's a lot to talk about, yeah. as always. Now, before we get going, if you would like to sponsor the podcast, if your business would like to sponsor the podcast, you can email us at the Oklahoma breakdown at gmail.com and we will get all of those details to you onto the OU football stuff. The transfer portal giveth and it taketh. And the Sooners have added another transfer offensive lineman, Garen Hatchet, which awesome football name, Hatchet. It is. He is. He's coming to Oklahoma. Played in twelve games. Started four for Washington uh, in what was a really special season for them that led to them playing in the national title game. Six four, three hundred and three pounds. Ted, they're just loading up on the portal O lineman. Just get a bunch of them and see if any of these guys can play. I suppose. Yeah, you know, he's he's got some good experience, played a lot of football for Washington, 
first thing I thought of is, can this guy snap the football? Um, you know, being an interior guy, I mean, that's that's going to be one of the spots that, you know, you got Troy Everett there and and everything. But, you know, those interior spots, there's going to be pretty good competition to try and sort all that out. I mean, obviously, all five spots, there's going to be competition. But the interior, I really got my eye on that. It's going to be fun. So I, I inquired about Hatchett's ability to snap the ball and was told that he can play all three interior positions because I I had a similar thought to you, especially I saw the size. Then I went and watched the tape. So if you're wondering, hey, what was the first thing you did when you got back from vacation? <laughs> the answer is watch Garen Hatchett tape at Washington. Walked in my house, grabbed the iPad, and we were rolling. Some notes. Plays with urgency. Like that a lot. Quick feet. Plays with his cleats in the ground. Also very positive. I think he's a better run blocker than he is a pass protector at this point in time. He oversets at times, uh, but shows the ability to recover when he does. I did, I did see several snaps against Oregon where he struggled with the size and the power that some of their interior guys have. And I think that has a little bit to do with, you know, he's playing offensive guard at 300 pounds. And when you're playing big, strong, heavy D linemen, it's just really hard to hold up down in and down out at that weight. He needs to gain some weight. Uh, I know that'll be the first thing that Beatonbow probably tells him. Like, you got to be 310, 315 to play mm -hmm. for Bill. And I think that will help him handle some of those larger guys a little better. He looks like a solid athlete uh, from the games I watched. Got on, got out on a couple of screens, looked really nice in space. They did some pin pull stuff with their guards at Washington. Got out, looked really nice pulling in space. And when I saw him move in space like that, Ted, it made me think this guy, this guy has the athleticism. He's got the size to play center. So that in my mind, just watching him briefly, I think that may be his best position. Clearly, you got to be able to consistently snap the football and process everything mentally, but I, I think he's got the physical capabilities. In the run game, good grip strength, uh, good hand placement, finishes blocks really well. Now, I think he'll get more movement initially at the point of attack if he could have a little more weight and a little more strength, but... He does do a really nice job of finishing once he's engaged, uh, really strains, which I know that uh, OU staff is a big fan of. And then the last note I have is didn't have to wear knee braces at Washington. That's going to suck for him. <laughs> yes, it will. Yes, it will. But he, to me, he looks like a guy that will absolutely be in the mix when it comes to either being a starter or an immediate backup as an interior offensive lineman. I, I liked what I saw Now he's going to get, he's going to have to gain some weight because they're going into the sec. You can't, you can't be playing offensive guard at 300 pounds in the sec. You just can't. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, continue to add some good, good experience. I mean, that's, it's kind of what this group needs, um, you know, so 
I don't know. I guess whenever I look at the the portal additions on the offensive line, I I feel like we got some good solid guys. Like I don't know that there's necessarily a uh, a guy that you plug and play starter, no problem. That guy, you just go ahead and pencil him into the lineup. I don't know if that's the case, but you've added some good depth and some good competition. I mean, there's going to be some really important battles through spring and training camp, I would imagine. There's no doubt. Uh, I completely agree with that. And when you think about how it felt going into the Alamo Bowl, where you knew they were about to lose Walter Rouse after he played in that game. They'd lost Caden Green to Missouri. You knew that, you know, Rame didn't play in the Alamo Bowl. You knew he was gone. Matoyer, you knew it was his last game. Guyton didn't play in it. We weren't exactly feeling great about the offensive line situation at that point in time. Right. Especially with the Sooners heading into the SEC. But, Ted, I do think that the the offensive line, it felt like it could be a glaring weakness or an issue that needed to seriously be addressed maybe in the next portal window. But with these additions, these are guys that have played a lot of football. They've played at big-time programs for the most part. And those guys are going to come in and just know how it's supposed to go, right? They're, they're going to know what the lifts are going to be like, what practices is going to be like. There'll be subtle differences here and there, but they know what playing offensive line in at a high level in college is all about. Yeah. Can't have too many of those guys. So how have these portal additions on the offensive line, have they completely taken away our concerns? Have they just alleviated them a little bit? Like where are we at when it comes to thinking about that group? Because I think when you looked at the football team, that was the group just a, a month ago where you were looking at it going, uh, I don't know about the situation there. You know, it's interesting because the last two years, I rewinded two years ago, Coach Biddable's first year. And, you know, you have a first rounder as a tackle, uh, you know, one day, what'd he go? Was he a third rounder? And, you know, I thought, like, whatever you look at, it's like the last two offensive lines. Last year's, I think, was was maybe a little more, um, a little more consistent. It's weird. I just don't know if our standard has, like, whatever, you kind of look back to, like, that 2017, 2018, 19 group. And that's what like I'm used to because the last couple of years, there's been a bunch of draft picks. There's going to be two first round draft pick tackles. I mean, and you know, I feel like, I feel like this past year it was solid, I guess a long way to say that I'm not really worried about it. I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know who's going to start, but, I just trust that Beanbow's going to get five guys out there and they're going to play good, solid football. I mean, 
we had problems as a football team this past season. Everyone knows that. But I don't think, like, I don't point a whole lot of that to offensive line. I mean, there, I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying, but I'm not too worried about it for the future. I, I trust the process, I guess. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I feel the exact same way, and I, I don't know if this is going to make sense or not. As I've watched these portal additions that OU's adding and watched the offensive lines that they were a part of, I, I could I continue to think that maybe no one in college football is really, really, really good on the offensive line. Yeah. I, I think I that know. OU these last couple of years are having some issues that everyone else is having for the most part. And the reason that I I continue to think that way is just look at the NFL. All you hear about is how poor the NFL offensive line play is, how they can't block the guys on the defensive line. I I think there's just a similar plob problem in college football. The yeah. defensive linemen are just getting too big and too good and too athletic. Like, and it's it's really hard to assemble a group of guys year after year after year that can just go out and dominate the type of athletes you have to block now. I, I'm not trying to make an excuse. But I I just think well, in general, if you're in the SEC, the Big Ten right now, it's hard to assemble an offensive line that's just going to go out there and maul people all game long. It's just really difficult to do. Well, yes. And I think one of the problems, and, and again, this is college football wide, is the transfer portal. And it's just this, it's this cyclical thing. For example, we brought in, what, four portal offensive linemen for now. Uh, there may be more coming post-spring window, and who knows with, with what else is going on out there. 
Um, like not to mention, you know, Troy Everett's on on there. That's a that's a transfer. Is there any other guys that are transfers? Point is, you you keep plugging guys in from other schools. Those guys are leaving. The team's bringing new guys in. You got this musical chair situation of offensive linemen going around instead of playing juniors and seniors that have come up in the same system, played for the same coach, got their technique and affairs in line, got right in the in the weight room, got their weight right, have developed and gone on the, the proper path to turn it into really good footballs that are competent and you know, some maybe not super experienced, but you're experienced in the systems and what you're doing. And now whenever a couple of guys started transferring, everyone started transferring and every offensive line in the country is now a patchwork, you know? And that's the thing I worry about is I, I know we have to go to the portal. I'm not suggesting we don't. I just wonder how are the guys we're getting now is it taking away from the guys that we've recruited and what they're gonna what they could possibly be? And that's again, that's not just an Oklahoma thing, that's a college wide thing. And I don't know the answer to that. It's just a just a thought. No, I I think that's you know, that's something that all of these schools that are adding portal offensive linemen, it's it's certainly something you have to you have to be concerned about because you have to break whether they're bad habits or just different habits. The offensive line coach is going to want the player to do it his way. Mm-hmm. It's just how it works. This isn't the NFL where a guy comes in as a big time free agent and the offensive line coach just says, "Hey man, do it the way you've been doing it. We're good here." That that's not how college football works. So, yeah, it, it is interesting. But even even the best offensive lines in the country these last couple of years have had transfers. Yeah. And the center for Michigan was a transfer. So it is it, it is interesting. But the one thing that I know about Beatonbow is. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter whether you're a transfer or not. The best player is going to play. The most consistent player is going to play. Now, that doesn't mean the most talented player is going to play. That doesn't mean the guy with the highest ceiling is going to play. The guy that is most consistent day in and day out in the weight room, on the practice field, will play. He only knows how to do it one way. And that's where I do think that him having that attitude, every guy in that room knowing what's what, there are no secrets with that guy. None. The best players, the most consistent players, you will play. So I'm just, that's where I'm at with it. It's Hey, it's, it's his job. To piece it all together. Just gotta let the man do his job. And I'm confident that he will. He's he's the product is always, you know, it's it's always quality. 
So, I mean, all that to say is I, I, for like, where do I feel about it for next year? I feel okay. I feel okay. I will feel better once we see them play a couple games together. Yeah. Hell, I'll feel better once I see a couple of spring practices. Maybe. But, maybe <laughs> but it is. Yeah. Or I could feel much worse. We'll see. I, I do think you think about the football team as a whole. And I know there's still a long way between now and the fall. And there's still another portal window. And the, well, you got the spring, you got spring ball and then the portal window. And, and then you're off into summer and, and all of that. But you got a lot of good pieces. Your best players on defense are coming back. We just went through it. We, we both trust Bill Beatonbow to make all these different pieces along the offensive line. We haven't even talked about some of those young freshmen coming in. Maybe they factor in. Yeah. Got, got a couple guys that were freshmen in the 2023 season. Guy like Josh Bates, maybe he factors in. Heath Ozida, I know that he they he they thought he did some really impressive stuff throughout the season. So so we'll see what it looks like. But I we both trust Beatonbow to make the pieces fit together on the offensive line. Excited about a lot of the skill guys, especially that wide receiver group. So when you think about all of that, it leads to wondering for, it leads to me wondering is Jackson Arnold maybe the biggest question mark for this team? It's, it's Jackson Arnold and offensively Jackson Arnold, because it, the, the offense is going to go how he goes. I mean, that's just, that's how it's going to be now. You know, it can, right? As long as he's not awful, you know, I mean, you, you can work with it, but you got Jackson Arnold. I'm really excited about the possibilities at tight end, you know, um, but it's still a question mark. <laughs> We're going to be playing probably a three man rotation, and not one of those guys has played a snap here. So, I mean, there's that. But to me, the biggest concern I have is running back. Because last year, you know, in, in the games we lost, more so Oklahoma State, Kansas, I, there's so much meat on the bone at the running back spot. And I, I'm willing to, to say that Sawchuck kind of picks up where he left off last season, which was much better than where it was early on. But I don't know. I mean, he came up hobbled. It looked like at the end of that bowl game with the hamstring again. I mean, right. How much can you rely on that? It, it's it kind of beginning to, to become a long-term concern. And I know we picked up Franklin as uh, a transfer portal guy, and we got a really highly – recruited running back uh out of the high school uh recruiting process but i i just don't know like we can't we can't go through another season of ankle pick tackles it just can't happen 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We can't. We were middle of the road or below at the running back spot in the Big 12 last year. If we are middle of the road and below in the SEC, it's 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 not going to be good for us. We won't be able to overcome it at other positions. Yeah, I I think that's fair. So we'll see what that running running back spot looks. Looks like it will help a whole lot if the offensive line comes together and plays really, really well. Mm-hmm. But help, still, like the biggest thing for—I mean, that's for a young quarterback. Like the better your offensive line is, it's going to pay dividends exponentially for him. Jackson Arnold's best friend in the 2024 season should be the running game. Could make it a lot his life. A lot easier. That's right. Couple other pieces of OU football news. Ted, in a shocking development, it looks like Drake Stoops is impressing people at the East West Shrine Bowl. And in an absolute shocker, everyone is going, Have you seen this Tyler Guyton guy from Oklahoma down at the uh, at the senior bowl? So it is it, it's awesome to see those guys get the amount of praise that they've been getting. And I've had some people text me and say that Rouse is doing some really good things at the East West Shrine Bowl. I've had some people text me and say that Rame has done some really nice things, especially in the one-on-ones at the Senior Bowl. So these guys are getting, getting noticed, but I've just seen Drake and Guyton all over the timeline. Those one-on-one routes by Drake. Those are nasty, man. I'm not surprised guys, guys on OU's defense for the last several years have been telling us he's the best route runner on the team. And whoo, he was an embarrassing people out there. That was fun. Putting them in the blender, putting them in the blender. Um, it's, I mean, it's no shock to us, but it's awesome to see him go do it on that stage and, and make the impression on people that, you know, I I don't know where he gets drafted. I'm pretty confident that he does get drafted. You know, I don't know I don't know how high, but I I still believe that I like the perfect place is like Kansas City. I he is he is not going to be a good fit for a young quarterback somewhere. He is a good fit for an experienced quarterback that knows I have to get the ball out of my hand quick. I need guys that can get open quick, that understand everything, understand defenses, can find the hole in the zone quick, uh, run the hot routes, all of those things. And I think he is a good fit at a place that's got a experienced quarterback. I think you're spot on with that. And... I don't know if he's going to end up getting picked. 
All I know is there's going to be a lot of people, a lot of decision makers in the NFL. They're going to want that guy on their team. And whether that's the 53 or maybe it starts, he starts the season on a practice squad. I just, I am not betting against Drake Stoops being on an NFL roster in some form or fashion come August. I'm just, I'm just not. Yeah. I think I, here's the other part of it, man. And this factors in, he is fans love him and teams want to have players that you have to be competent. Of course you have to be a good player and you have to have the skills. And I think he does, but they want players on their team that their fans like resonate with. And I think Drake Stoops is that kind of guy. So I, I think he'll make it. I'm I thrilled for him. I'm fired up for him. Tyler Guyton, six seven, three twenty eight, moving the way that he's moving. I really wish he would have come back for one more season, but it would have been the wrong decision. He he's is a top ten pick, isn't he? <laughs> He definitely has a great chance. We'll see what he does at the combine. I got a feeling he's going to test very well, and that's only going to help him even more. They this is this class is looking pretty stacked at tackle, though. Yeah. So it'll just come down to what tackles the teams that have the early picks prefer. He may be OT one on a couple teams' big boards. I'd be surprised if he's not, but he also may be fourth on some. So you, you don't know, but I got text after text after text from people that were down in Mobile. And basically, they just said, yeah, you were right. You're right about this guy. Well, no, duh. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to watch that guy for a couple of reps and go, yeah, he uh, he's what you want. At offensive tackle in the National Football League, I'm uh, I'm I'm happy for him. I'm happy for him. He's going to be rich. He, he tests really well at the combine, and I bet he will. Yeah. Let's get to call your shot. Ask you guys the most important thing that happened this week for OU football, and, and I love this one. Comes from Lee underscore Quentin. Having the most players in the Super Bowl back-to-back years. The former Sooners have done it again, Ted. Let's go. Yeah, that's that's impressive. It's uh, Kansas City keeps helping us out in that regard, don't they? Um, but very cool. Awesome to see San Francisco making it in. I also saw, and I don't know how much truth there is to it, but I saw this deal with, it said, Oklahoma offensive lineman in the NFL right now, like contract value is like 300 million. And it's more than all Texas players in the NFL combined. Uh, I thought that was pretty cool. So doing some good things in the, in the league right now, with some Oklahoma guys. And that doesn't take in account what Creed's next contract is going to look like. Well, I mean, that- what do you got? Uh, Think of how much you got in quarterback, too. I mean, you got almost a hundred million a year just in two guys in quarterback and Kyler and Jalen Hurts. 
Baker's about to sign probably what 25 30 million just under so there's some big money out there and all these kids care about is nil dollars <laughs> don't be short-sighted guys that's right go somewhere where you'll be developed and make the big bucks down the line patience show a little patience now i get i i get the guys want the nil nil money i i get it but Yes. The O-line stuff is... But the Sooners have both all pro tackles. Both of them. I not just, easy to do. That's awesome. And not easy to do. Good, that, good way uh, to put it. Not easy to do. Uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know what Lane's situation is. But now that Kelsey's retired at center... I mean, Creed's gonna have real, real good shot to slide into that All Pro position, isn't he? No doubt about it. He's also my prediction is his next contract is a hundred million dollars. That's my prediction. We'll see. So, I I think he'll hey, be the guy. He's snapping the football. Really likes him. Then I think you're probably gonna you're probably right. Just keep that interior shirt up. And make Mahomes life easy. That's right. That's what they've been doing. They've been they've been doing a good job taking care of their offensive linemen. But we'll see. Let's get to football guys talking basketball. But first, Love's Travel Stops is now offering a nationwide 10 cent per gallon discount on gas and auto diesel. Just download the Love's Connect app and scan your barcode at the prompt on screen and watch that price drop 10 cents per gallon. Across the country, the Loves Connect app unlocks exclusive deals can help any traveler plan their route or meal on the highway. So before you hit the road, be sure to download the Loves Connect app to save 10 cents per gallon and experience the country's best highway hospitality at Loves Travel Stops. Loves also has you covered if you get your phone charger or headphones with, the, with their expanded mobile-to-go zone. And of course, don't forget to grab yourself some of that delicious Java Amore. Celebrate with Schooner All-American Ale, the official craft beer of OU Athletics from Coop Ale Works. Named after the iconic Sooner Schooner that races across Owen Field after an OU score, you can join in on the celebration with an ice-cold beer from Coop Ale Works. You can enjoy it at the Palace on the Prairie, at OU Athletic Events, at the bar, at the tailgate, and in the comfort of your own home. For more information on Schooner All-American Ale, visit schoonerale.com. Must be 21 to purchase. Please drink responsibly. Scooter All-American Ale, the taste of game day. And Simple Modern is an Oklahoma-owned company founded by former Sooners. Their mission statement is, we exist to give generously. And they've given millions away in product and donations to nonprofits all over the state of Oklahoma and all over the United States. Simple Modern is a great company with a great mission, and their products are also the perfect swag for any small business owner. You can customize tumblers, water bottles, and coffee mugs to give to current or potential customers. They will love the quality and how trendy they are. Check them out at simplemodern.com. Football guys talking basketball, FGTB. Let's start with the Sooners. They had lost two in a row at home to Texas and Texas Tech. Went on the road Tuesday night in Manhattan, Kansas. 20-point win. 
on the road. It's easy. It's that easy. They should do this every time. It's crazy. You know, I, it was – that's a pivotal game. Now, you drop two at home. Texas, like, you know, with what they had, you know, coming into that game, really should have won that game, and you got blown out on your own floor. Tech, you know, blew that lead late. They came back. That was that was disappointing. Kind of felt like maybe the the uh, mentality of the team was kind of hanging in the balance, like pivotal moment, and you go on the road and jump out to a fast start, which I think probably did a lot for their confidence, especially on the road, kind of take the crowd out of it to some degree. Uh, you know, hit some shots, hit some really nice shots early and. You know, I, I think that's probably one of the biggest factors right now is the confidence has been kind of shaky. And when they had it rolling early, I think that helped them through. No doubt. This was, I, I don't think a lot of people would characterize it as an enjoyable basketball game <laughs> to watch. Uh, I suppose if you love fouls and free throws and more specifically missed free throws, then this was the game for you, but against any team in the Big 12, a 20-point win on their floor, that it's just a it's a fantastic way to bounce back from two tough home losses. And I was uh, I was really proud of how they responded when that game felt like it was shifting K-State's way. Mm-hmm. With about eight minutes to go, got to hit free throws. <laughs> I mean, you got to hit free throws, but uh, it, it felt like things were turning and the Sooners were able to rip control back and finish strong. And I think my main takeaway from the game for OU is Jalen Moore continues to impress me. Guy is an NBA athlete, and it seems like his confidence is continuing to grow. Now, he needs to be the type of guy he was against K-State each and every night. Right now, you look at his output, it's kind of one night, really good. The next night, not so good. One night, really good. The next night, not so good. And he's got to find, he's got to find more consistency because he's shown what he is capable of in several of these Big 12 conference games. They just need him that to be that guy all the time. Yeah. It's no, not easy. I'm not saying it's easy, but he's shown that he's the best athlete on the team. Yeah. So I think some of these really nice games he's put together, he's shown that he's capable of being a big time, big time scorer for this team. They just need him to do it more consistently. Yeah. A little more polish, I think, um, but the athleticism, it's its top tier, um, which is awesome because that's one of the things that we've been missing. And if he can just continue to polish that game up a little bit more consistent, you know, I, this team, you know, whenever they when they put it together and they have a good night, you really feel like they can play and even beat anyone. It's just it's been recently too much up and down so hopefully they stabilize here a little bit on the road against UCF and then gear up buddy because the back half of the conference slate 
it's going to be it's, every big every game is going to be big rivalry or top 25 is basically uh, the rest of your schedule need more to play well and need to see the version of McCollum we saw late in that game against Kansas State yeah running the offense efficiently blowing by guys finishing at the rim he had a couple of nice blow bys where he's like, he's finishing on the wrong foot laying it up off the glass just high level stuff man He's got to get going. Very similar to what I said about Moore. McCollum, he's got to be, he's got to be a big time contributor for him each and every night. Because it's clear, Yuzan just has not been the guy I thought he was going to be this season for them, especially in Big 12 play. But yep. if McCollum and Moore can really find a higher level, then this team's capable of beating anyone in the Big 12. Just had their biggest road win since 2015. It's crazy. Crazy. Yeah, McCollum, you know, that first the first quarter of the season or, or however long it was, really before we got into conference play, I mean, there's a lot of people saying he was playing one of the better guards in the country. And, you know, it, it really tapered off there during that, that downswing. Um, hopefully this gets him back confident in that, in that same place again, because you're right. Like where we were right, like we're right to the top 10 and all of that stuff. We're, we are not a top 10 basketball team. If McCollum's not playing like, like we have seen and expect on a night in night out basis, like that's where the, you have to start there for this team. If they, if you want to see them at, at that level, He's got to be the guy that brings it. I'm with you. I'm still having a lot more fun watching OU basketball this year. Oh, there's no doubt. I just, it's a much more enjoyable product. Even yes, if they miss free throws, it's still yes. more enjoyable than what we've watched the last couple of years. Now, shifting over to the Thunder, Thunder beat the Nuggets Wednesday night, 105 100. Now, no Jokic for Denver. No Jalen Williams and no Isaiah Joe for the Thunder, but it it felt like a big win for this team coming off the back to back losses to Portland and Minnesota. And I don't even know what to say about or wait Detroit, Detroit, not Portland. The there were just some bad losses, and the one on Sunday, Jalen Duran just. Looked like an all NBA player. <laughs> it was it, it was interesting. That one was maybe the top head scratcher of the year. Them going to Detroit and getting beat by sixteen. Minnesota. It was just, it was a really competitive game, back and forth. Just got outplayed the last two and a half minutes of the game. Anthony Edwards made some nice plays. Thunder didn't make shots, but it, it was good to see him bounce back against the Nuggets. Yeah, uh, I didn't get to see much of the game tonight. Saw a little bit of it. Um, I just, I whenever you're whenever you're at home and you're getting those wins, you just got to keep stockpiling them. I mean, there's got to be those disappointing moments. I feel like, you know, 
even in the glory days of the Thunder, is kind of the same thing. You'd have these big competitive games, and then you like, oh, that's going to be a win, that's going to be a win, and then some unknown guy comes off the bench and has like 45 when none of the stars are playing, and you lose that game. Like, it's weird. I guess it just happens in the NBA. It's strange. The Thunder can make the Western Conference Finals, and I'll still be like, do you remember when they went to Detroit and got beat that one night? What What the hell was that? No, it's, it's a long season, but looking at that win over Denver, it, it was, I, I think the best thing that I saw in that game was what Chet Holmgren did offensively late in the game. Because... He's been disappearing a little bit in some of these games offensively, especially you think about the Minnesota game. When when they have played some of these games that appear to have close to playoff level physicality and intensity, he's disappeared a little bit. And even though Jokic wasn't out there on the floor in, in this one, for him to hit that three, with 20 whatever seconds late that was that was a massive shot and early in the game he he wasn't aggressive at all on the offensive end of the floor now he's doing a great job blocking shots altering shots just being the anchor of that defense but he had been been looking a little worn down lately and I thought he really turned it on in the fourth quarter offensively and gave him Gave them a little bit of a punch that they needed, and that was a massive three. It happened right in front of me, so it was awesome. I was fired up. Well, I mean, he is – he's a rookie, so I'm sure there's a rookie wall that's coming at some point. Oh, right? he hit it for sure. Yeah, and, you know, hopefully he gets his second wind at some point, and – as long as the playoffs last in the NBA, as long as you can keep winning games, I feel like guys get their get their legs back during that stretch because there's some more space in between games. What does that matchup look like if it's a playoff matchup, you think? I mean, I know it's like all hands on deck. It's, it's as, they're as good as it gets in the league, but does some of the dynamics change in those matchups over a playoff span in your mind? Like, does that make sense? Does it benefit one team or another? Like when they see each other, not after night, I, I think I, that, that you, you have you to have lean to, on the, the team that has the experience. If they go up against, let's say they win a first round series and then they're playing Minnesota or you'd much rather play a Minnesota than play a Denver. Yeah. Or at yeah. least that's just how I view it. Yeah. Now, okay. are you, are you, would you rather play the team with Carl Anthony Towns or the team with Jokic? <laughs> Take your pick. Right. <laughs> so I, now literally Anthony Edwards is excellent. There's, the the big the bigger more physical teams especially that have big physical front lines that they're going to give the thunder trouble they just are but we don't know what this team is capable of and that's half the fun yeah the expectations are getting up there man 
And they're still young enough that, you know, a, a lot of these teams, like I think Denver's probably one of them where, like, they've got a level and they'll crank it up and get there in the playoffs. But I, I think this team is still so young where no one really knows where that level is and they're going to continue to improve and build chemistry and, you know, kind of learn more about their players as they go. I know this. Shea is so good. I mean, he was questionable coming into this game with an illness. No problem. 34, seven and five. Looked plenty healthy to me. I mean, God was flying around on defense. Continues to do a great job being disruptive on that end of the floor. He's so fun to watch. I mean, he's so fun to watch. You've seen all those guys up close and personal. Uh, I mean, KD was KD. But, like, where where is he on that kind of scale? You know what I'm saying? Like, KD, Westbrook, at their heights. He's he's so much different than both of those guys, but I'd say I'd say he's better at this right now this season. I'd say he's better than Westbrook ever was. Just because Westbrook was not completely dialed in on the defensive end of the floor. Mm-hmm. And Shea's just a better shooter than Russell was. Durant that dude was by like his MVP yeah. season. There, the yeah. thing about Durant, it, it, he's just unguardable at the height. Now, Shea is doing a pretty dang good job of being unguardable at his size. That uh, KD's MVP season, it was like shocking whenever a shot didn't go in. <laughs> Crucial early game, it didn't matter. It's just that was uh, – that was awesome. But he is, I mean, he's going to finish in the top three of the MVP. We'll, we'll see what, you know, the next two weeks leading up to the all-star break and then post all-star break, that will clearly be huge for what that looks like for him. But yeah, he is, I mean, he's one of the five best players in the league. And some maybe he's one of the best three players in the league right now. So he is, you know, he's still got a ways to go to be you to accomplish what those guys accomplished over a yeah. period of time. But he's well on his way. And the thing about his game, it's not some above the rim super it's got lasting power. Yeah, it, it feels very sustainable for a really long time. Not saying that he's not an incredible athlete. He obviously is. Nobody can stay in front of him. But it's not It's not something where he's relying on playing above the rim. He's, yeah. I mean, he lives in the mid-range. He's incredible at drawing contact and finishing, getting to the free throw line. He's starting to shoot that step back three with some more confidence. I I just think he he has the mentality that no one can guard him right now. And it's not, it doesn't wow you. 
physically or like the explosiveness, it doesn't wow you. It's just the footwork, the smoothness. It's just, it's just completely different than what Westbrook was. Yeah. Was, he was a, like everything looked like incredible or awful. <laughs> you know? I would say Westbrook, Westbrook was like a heavy metal band. Like you knew exactly what you were going to get. Right. And Shay's like jazz or something. I don't know. Something smooth. Right. I mean, you, you may get Westbrook pulling up out by the half line and dropping a three, or you might get him pulling up from three and hitting it off the square, top of the square and not getting any rim. Like you just, you never know what you're going to get from him. That's funny. Yeah. I, th- I think a lot of people were hoping that Shay's next step this season would be his three point shooting. And it hasn't been awful. It hasn't been great, but. It feels like the step he's made this year has been defensively. And, you know, give give me that over the three-point shooting. The three-point shooting's great, but he's really good at a lot of the other stuff on the offensive end of the floor. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's getting yeah. his points. He's getting his shots. He's getting to his spots. Him being an extremely disruptive defender and also fitting within the scheme, I, it's... Uh, I think that is that's huge for this team. And that's why after that win over Denver, back into the two seed, one ba- one game back in Minnesota. There you go. One last thought on the Denver game. Michich, solid minutes, man. I see you. Trim the beard a little bit. You trim the beard a little bit. It looks good. He's also just strong. He like plays. He, they, he's a little older. He's just Grown strong. Man strength. Got a little old man strength to him, mm-hmm. but he's starting starting to play some good ball. All right, let's finish up with our winners and losers of the week. But first, all you grill masters, listen up. Didier Ranch delivers premium quality beef that is one hundred percent raised in Oklahoma, right to your front door. Go to DidierRanch.com, D-I-D-I-E-R Ranch.com to order one of their premium quality beef boxes and use promo code OKLAHOMA15 for 15% off your order. Filet, ribeye, New York strip, sirloin, steak burgers, they got it all, and they ship anywhere in the continental U.S., and Oklahomans can get their deliveries in just one to two days. The only thing better than having a lot of premium beef on the O-line and D-line is having premium beef delivered right to your front door. Didier Ranch, tradition tastes better. And head to the garage for hand-smashed patties, butter-toasted buns, and ice-cold beer. It's the perfect spot to watch any big game. And with all the garage locations being open at 10 p.m. or later every night, it's the go-to late-night spot. Visit eatatthegarage.com to find a location near you and order online from the garage in your neighborhood. As always, Ted, kick us off. Who do you have as your winner of the week? The Swifties. Kansas City Chiefs make it to the Super Bowl. Um, I uh, will get to this in loser, but uh, had Detroit won, I think it would have been the most watched Super Bowl in 
I don't know how modern, you know, 10, 15 years. And it still may be, um, there's a lot of people invested in this season, but dude, give it up to the chiefs. Go on the road in Baltimore, jump on them early, lean on their defense. Mahomes was efficient as hell. Kelsey had a big day. The running game was nails for them whenever they had to have it. I mean, they played a that's a that's a great win. Going on the road to beat that Baltimore team, that was a great win. Rest that's a rested Baltimore team that they faced. And um underdog coming in there, and they that was that was impressive. I gotta give hats off to the Kansas City Chiefs. I tried to tell you, man. I know it. Just one betting against Mahomes. Yeah. And I I didn't think Lamar Jackson was awful, but it was pretty clear who the best quarterback on the field was. Baltimore just made some mistakes. Maybe Justin Tucker shouldn't have gotten Mahomes' way when he was warming up. I don't know why you would poke that bear, but it was impressive. It looked like that stadium was rocking, and the Chiefs handled all the noise. They handled everything like the like a team that's played in a lot of big games the last several them, years. Yeah, they made them earn every single thing that they got. That Kansas City defense, whew. They had been the strength of the team. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think they played particularly well against Buffalo. But they came out and they were fantastic. They can cover. Um, it just There was nothing easy for Baltimore. They had to earn everything. Just made them snap it again. Keep it in front, rally and tackle, good coverage, force some tough down and distances, make them earn everything, no free plays. Um, hats off to them. I was that's one of the that's one of the more impressive wins. I know the the Buffalo win was big time. This one felt like more complete to me. Um, you know, they even you know, they had an opportunity late to to maybe mess the thing up, right, with the fumble, and their defense answered the call. Speaking of fumbles, how about Zay Flowers' fumble? Ooh. Brutal. Only reach it out on fourth down. Yeah. A lot of coaches, I'm sure, Monday. or A lot of coaches, right when that happened, sent a, sent a group text to their players. That's why I always tell you. Don't reach it out unless it's fourth down. And he's like to me, it looks like he's in anyways. He's he clearly would have been in, right? I don't know why. Yeah, I don't think he I think he could have just run. Tuck it and finish. That's it. It's easy to say, you know, watching it slow-mo, you know, but you you gotta play the percentages in, in in those moments and tough. I hate that for him, you know, and how it goes it comes down to 
as the games get tighter and tighter, the competition is more and more intense. It comes down to a couple of plays. It really does. You know, it's wild. Lamar Jackson's going to win MVP. And everyone's going to go, huh? It's going to feel bad, isn't it? It's just going to feel. It's just going to. Uh, <laughs> had an incredible season. Fantastic player, but that position, you are judged by how you play in the playoffs and where you take your team. And he, he just hadn't gotten over the hump, and I'm not sure how many more opportunities Baltimore's going to have. This this was the year. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Did you see the clip of uh, Creed, Barry, and Queen? <laughs> that old Cree Humphrey's good at football now, brother. Oh, that was beautiful. Go ahead, just knock that double team, get the D lineman out of the gap, and then go up and just absolutely, it's just like pulled him in and buried him. That was awesome. I thought you were about to ask me if if I'd seen the Mahomes picture in the locker room that everyone was commenting on. Did you see him tweet about it? <laughs> oh, my gosh. What was the original tweet was like, I, well, the first one I saw was, I don't know who it was, said something like, Boy, it makes you really wonder how no one can tackle this guy on the field or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I don't care. The guy can play. I don't care what the mid section looks like. Keep doing you, Patrick Mahomes. Anything else about that game? No, man. Impressive win. Impressive win. Who do you have as your loser of the <laughs> week? <laughs> oh, Detroit. Detroit, you know, uh, I was pulling for them, but when they got up to that lead, it just didn't, it didn't feel like that's where they should be. It didn't, doesn't suit their, like the going forward on fourth, like we're not taking the points. We're going to go punch it in for the touchdown. Like you need the game. You need to be like right there or behind when you're up. Like you, even though you've been doing it the whole season, like, you know how it is. Call comes into the huddle and everyone's like, Shit, right now, should we just take the points? Like it just didn't really fit how they played all year, you know, and it kind of took them out of their, their element. And uh, listen, I'm not blaming anyone for it. I like that they continue to play the way that they've played, you know, do the things that they've done. It was just, oh, God, it was painful to watch, Gabe. It was painful. Mistakes, missed opportunities, turnovers, or yep. what should have been an interception turns into a massive play for the 49ers. It's brutal. <laughs> Goes off your helmet. Ugh. Get a it's fumble. Like, is he going to be known? Is that going to replay like the Jose Canseco, the home run that bounced off his head in right field? 
I hope not. No, maybe in Detroit. <laughs> maybe so. Oh, it was horrible. I hated it. I, and hey, going for it on fourth, I understand it. Not taking the points, I understand it. What I did not understand was when they ran it on third down late. You just you that that's not a call. That that's a mistake. That was a mistake. It's not like uh we're staying we're gonna be aggressive here. It's you're putting you're you're putting the game on one play that you don't need to. Well, you're you're essentially ending the game. Ending it. That's it. Either you score or the game is over. In that moment. The the onside kick. Or you get the onside kick, which you what know. is it for the I think four percent? Yeah. Because of all the rule changes just, and everything. Just so throw the ball. Stupid. Just throw the ball. You gotta yep. throw the ball there. You cannot run the ball there. So that that was and I don't know if that was Ben Johnson's call, which by the way, he's staying in Detroit again. How about that? I don't know if that was him or if it was Campbell or if it was a collaboration. But you can't make that mistake. No. You can't call a run there. Mm-mm. Just statistically and you know that they have a they have a good grasp of whatever you want to call it, analytics, math, probabilities that you you just can't run the ball there. No, I, you, you don't need all you, all, you don't even need analytics. You just need clock. Look at the clock. Uh, the most valuable thing that you have at that moment is timeouts. That's it. You got three of them and the two minute warning. I think, or they were under the two minute warning at the time, weren't they? Or no? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they were. Yeah. It was like right around a minute, I think. Minute five, minute 10. Exactly. So I, you, you just can't do it. Frustrating. I'm not mad. I, you know, I'm not going to. They went way above and beyond. And, you know, it is going to be more difficult for them in the future, like to some degree. Like they're not going to creep up on anyone, but this is the NFL. You don't creep up on anyone. It's hard to win week in, week out. You can lose every single Sunday to anybody. But they have built that team properly. I mean, watching uh, Panay Sewell get out out on the side, man, that dude is incredible. And he doesn't look like an offensive lineman that he doesn't look like he should move the way he does. Like some offensive lineman that move, you're like, okay, that guy looks like you know, he looks like an athlete. He doesn't really look like a guy that moves as well as he does. But point is, they built that team properly, and they got good young skill talent. They got good young players on defense. They can improve in the secondary. But I think I think Detroit's going to be around. Brock Purdy's going to play in the Super Bowl. He is. May win the damn thing. May win the thing. We'll see. We'll we'll obviously talk about the Super Bowl next week, leading up to the game. It is. I do love the nice breather week for the Super Bowl. Hey, a I, Baker, 
sliding into the Pro Bowl. Baker sliding in. Well, Jalen's in. Lane, well, Trent can't. He he's got other things to prepare for. So, what? Creed Creed was a Creed had to be a Pro Bowler, right? Had to be. I I mean I I would be. I I just I don't know who is a Pro Bowler for the Chiefs because they're always playing in the Super Bowl. I I know. Yeah. It's like Pro Bowl. That was that's a cool thing. Like they don't even know what it is. You don't even get to go. <laughs> Losers <laughs> have to keep going to the Super Bowl every year. Ugh. My wife was trying to decide if we should try and go. Of course you should. What does, it, what does that even mean? I. It's in Las Vegas. I know. I know it is. We went last year and had an absolute blast. So maybe we'll explore the options. Who knows? Yeah. Do it. We'll see. All right. Let's finish up with my winner and loser. But first. Elevate your tailgate with Chapel Supply and Equipment in Oklahoma City. Chapel Supply and Equipment has generators and inverters on hand that will give you all the power you need so you can take your tailgate to the next level. They've also got top-of-the-line heaters to keep you warm during those cold tailgates later in the season. They're Oklahoma-owned and operated. Elevate your tailgate by calling 405-495-1722 or visit chapelsupply.com. That's C-H-A-P-P-E-L-L supply.com. And attention, business owners, you need Insurica in your life. Insurica is one of the country's largest insurance brokers with 30 offices throughout Oklahoma, Texas, and the Southwest. Insurica is able to customize programs by accessing the latest information from many insurance carriers. They compare and contrast coverage offerings and pricing and design a cost-effective, comprehensive program to meet your business's specific needs. If your business partners with Insurica, you'll save huge amounts of money and take back control of your total cost of risk. If your business wants to be best in class, connect with Insurica at Insurica.com. That's I-N-S-U-R-I-C-A dot com. And head to opolisclothing.com for our podcast merchandise and the best OU gear out there. That's O-P-O-L-I-S clothing.com. Use promo code TED, T-E-D, for 10% off. That's opolisclothing.com. Use promo code TED for 10% off. Buttery soft and 10% off. For my winner of the week, any NBA MVP candidate not named Joel Embiid. (laughs) So who would that be? Jokic? Shay, Giannis, Luca, all one name guys. How about that? Yeah. Huh. Because Embiid goes down with the knee injury. It was a weird play. Balls on the floor. I think it was Kaminga dives for the ball. He, he's got to miss a game already. We'll see how long he's out. You know, knees can be weird, especially a guy that size. But the other MVP candidates are my winner of the week because I don't know if Embiid's going to play 65 games. Remember, you're required now to play 65 games to win the award. He's hurt. Who knows how quickly he'll be back. They don't want to rush him back. It's just kind of a weird situation. You can only miss 17 games 
I think he's already missed 12. He's definitely going to miss a 13th. I I don't know. It just seems unlikely that he hits that threshold, man. Yeah. Which he's been ridiculously good this year. He's been the best player in the league. But the rule's the rule. Is the rule working? I don't know. I I know what they want. I know what they're going for, Ted. Yeah. We want the NBA wants the stars to play. I totally get it. They're tired of all the load management stuff and want the regular season to be more exciting and feel more important to everyone. But if Embiid is just completely dismissed from the MVP conversation because he doesn't hit the 65 game mark, I don't know. It just feels kind of silly. Yeah. What's that? 20%? Roughly. Yeah. I think it's fair. I think it's fair. I Here's the thing. I The, the load management stuff has really created this problem. And like I think everyone would agree that, well, if you miss 17 or 18 games, but it's because you've had some legitimate injuries, then, okay, maybe we can overlook it. But the problem is they lie or fib about why they're missing games because of load management and you just can't, you just can't do it. I, if everyone was honest about everything and just said, no, we're resting them or, you know, and, and not just holding guys off because they jammed a thumb or whatever they're, they're saying. I don't know. I think the rules is in place for a good reason. And unfortunately, Embiid may be a casualty of it. I know this. It creates a little drama, and it starts a conversation, and the NBA doesn't hate that. Yeah, I agree. And, and remember, the the rule also applies to all NBA as well. And with all the incentives, you know, those max extensions that are tied to making all NBA. That's right. I mean, That's you what saw you Ty- want, though. Tyrese Halliburton talks about how it's basically how stupid he thinks the rule is. It's dumb. He also has like 40-something million dollars on the line. And he's already missed a lot of games. I think he can only miss three or four more. So, yeah. I, I, is the rule working? I think so. But there, there are there are going to be some guys that get left off some of this stuff, and it's going to feel a little weird. But I will, I, I suppose, we'll get used to it. Well, I'll say this: it will not feel weird to me at all. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I will be, I will, I'll manage just fine. Is there going to be some other list 
the honorable mentions if they would have been able to if they would have played enough games list. Yeah, that's it. It's like the uh the sixty five games and under all yeah, NBA. Like the NIT uh all NBA team, right? That's funny. Yeah, but if Embiid I, doesn't make it to sixty five games, Shay out, yeah. Shay, it it bumps them up the list, baby. All right, for my loser of the week. Dead in a shocking development, the NCAA has been sued again. The old NCAA, the loser of the week, the attorneys general of Tennessee and Virginia have filed a loose uh, a lawsuit against the NCAA, basically saying that these athletes aren't employees, so it's illegal and dumb that the NCAA doesn't want athletes to consider what NIL opportunities there are if they attend a certain institution. So from what I understand, boiling this down to plain language that's easy for me to understand is that a school and a collective should be able to give its NIL pitch because it's a big part of recruiting these athletes that are not employees. So you can't restrict the recruiting pitch for people that aren't employees. And this this comes on the heels of multiple multiple reports saying the NCA is investigating Tennessee for its collective flying Nico Iabaliava on a private jet to a recruiting trip, which well done, Tennessee. Impressive. There's there's a lot going on here, Ted. We got lawsuits. We got private jets. The wild, wild west of NIL, baby. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, Tennessee is right. Um, I, I don't know. There, there's just so many different rules. There's, there's high school kids that are getting NIL deals whenever they're still in high school. So. how is that not I I guess I just don't understand it I mean Tennessee makes a point the point is pretty clear in my opinion I if people are making NIL pitches then it's going to be a part of recruiting that's just how it goes I mean you can't take that factor out it's already there. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna factor it in. So I, I get I don't know. It seems like a it seems like a stupid argument by the NCAA, and it feels like they're just feels like they're randomly selecting teams to go after, doesn't it? It does feel a bit random because I I don't know. I guess I don't know all of the details. I, I don't I don't know how many teams have flown a guy private for a recruiting event. I, I would assume that number is very, very, very small because flying private is very expensive. But it, here's what I think. And I don't even know what the rule is anymore. I'm not sure anyone knows what the rule is. There's so many no, different rules. Yeah, there's so many different rules in different states. Then you got the different high school rules in different states. I don't know. 
I don't know what the rule is anymore, but here's my idea. And I think it makes all the sense in the world. Every official visitor to a campus, every official visitor and their family should be allowed to have a meeting with the coaches if they want to be in there and the collective connected to the program as part of their official visit weekend. Like, it's just part of the schedule. And that's where you sit down and you say, this is what it looks like. This is what we are offering you. We all know that this is a massive, massive part of these recruits' decision-making already. Why not just give everyone in the room and their family, and they can hear the pitch and get the realistic picture of what it looks like for them if they come there. It seems very logical to just do it that way. Yeah, it does. I, you know, the you have two things like you've got two. There's two. These two paths have have really diverged. College football is no longer amateur athletics. And maybe it hadn't been for a while. So the NCAA, their mandate is to try and maintain that. You know what I'm saying? It's like these, we've split. and Well, I think their mandate now is to try to stay relevant and to keep their jobs. Right. I mean, but I guess what I'm saying is like we've split and like they're no longer even needed. No, and that's so. Uh, and and you're starting to hear it from from pretty much everyone now, and everyone's like, it started off as we need guardrails and we should do this, and then I think we should do that, and now everyone's starting to sing the same tune about what should happen and what's likely going to happen. Players are going to become employees. You're going to have the top level of Division One, 64 teams or whatever number they decide on. They're going to have one TV contract. You know, it's like it's going to be NFL like. I don't know what the time frame on that is, but that's where it's going. The more the NCAA hunts and hunts and picks teams to go after, the quicker it probably gets here. Well, I mean, how many lawsuits do they have going on right now? Well, it's the smart thing to do. Don't never, ever take what the NCAA has handed you. Never. Just throw lawyers at it. Just do what Kansas did. Right? And it somehow has disappeared. Is that even still a thing? Is it still going on? You know? No. It's gone. Got caught paying players when it was illegal, right? And no, we're not. We disagree. We're just going to keep playing basketball. I, I think he's doing the right thing. My only other thought on the situation is this. I don't think all of a sudden a bunch of schools are going to start flying 
a bunch of recruits around in private jets to their campus. Cause that just adds up very, very, very quickly. Now, maybe you do it with quarterbacks. Maybe. But if you fly the guy on a private jet in and you meet with him and you offer him something and a school offers him a lot more money than you and they don't fly him on a private jet, guess where he's going? He's going to the school that gives him more money. Doesn't care about your jet. Yeah, the private jet is good for only the flight is all it's good for. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So I'm just, we'll, we'll see where this goes, but whether this is the NCAA trying to hold on to any power they still have, the Supreme Court has already told them if they feel like it violates the antitrust law, they are going to lose. They're not employees. So I. I really like Tennessee's chances here. We'll see, but the NCAA just keeps getting sued, <laughs> left and right. They're going to be they're going to be spread pretty th- uh, thin before long. I I still think whatever college football, whatever it's going to look like moving forward, I think that big shift is coming sooner rather than later. Yeah. It 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 feels like it. I mean, it, there's there's enough people now. I feel like you've got you you feel like you've passed the point of reaching critical mass. When is the college football playoff TV deal up? Up after the 2025 year? Is that right? Yeah. I think cuz I think there's two years like everyone was saying that we'll kind of feel it out, right? And then see where we want to go after that to make it permanent or whatever. So I think that's right. That feels like a logical shifting point. Yep. We'll I see. think you're I think you carve out football's probably going to be carved out and all the other sports are going to play conferences. We'll see. We know this. Oh, you get going to be part of the cool kids club. So it doesn't matter. Not worried about it. Content, baby. Yeah, baby. <laughs> birthday shout outs. Happy 17th birthday to Jace Crawford. Happy 25th birthday to Haley Cook. Happy 26th birthday to Caitlin Cook. Happy 30th birthday to Andre the Giant. No. They, the request was Andre the Gant. The Gant. Oh, okay. The, I, there's got to be a joke here, right? Brandon Powell, happy birthday. Happy 30th birthday to Andre the Gant, Brandon Powell. Okay. Sorry about that. I butchered it. Yeah, well, it's, you just <laughs> thought I had a typo. That's why I put not giant in parentheses. I know. After I read... Andre the Giant. I was like, not Giant? What? (laughs) Happy 32nd birthday to Chase Hosner. Happy 33rd birthday to Brady Mason. Happy 37th birthday to Bad Brad Manning. Happy 55th birthday to Tom Bates. Happy birthday to Trey. Uh, I definitely spelled that wrong. What do we think that was supposed to be? Trave? Trev, Trave, Trave, Pete Lewis, 
I'm sorry, man. I definitely messed that up. Tra- Travis Pete. Pete Lewis, Trave Pete Lewis. Ah, dang it. I'm sorry. Pete Lewis. Love you. Happy birthday to Kyle Sourjohn. On that note, episode 392. Won't lie. Very jet lagged right now and kind of feel like I'm still on a boat. It's been a very <laughs> weird feeling this entire. So if I sounded really weird this one, I'm sorry, but uh, powered through. Feeling hey, a little odd right now. We're old now. It's been a while since we've done a podcast at 1130. This is, this is why we're recording the mornings now. <laughs> we'll have a new podcast that'll drop on Sunday. Just a reminder, you can hear Teddy on from 3 to 6 on The Ref. You can hear me on SiriusXM Big 12 Radio, Channel 375. Hope you all have a great rest of your week. Have an awesome weekend. And until next time, we appreciate you all for listening. Do what you always do, Oklahoma. Take care of each other. Just one.